This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 282, Our Friend Dane. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Is that the intro? Is Dane going, why? <laughs> oh, hey, hey, this is this is uh, this is the episode where we hang out with our friend. We convince Dane that he is our friend and yeah. we make uh, enriching that friendship uh, podcast content just so that we can do that just for the sake of but doing yeah, that. Gotta, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our life it's is content. Be monetized, right? We monetize, monetize us, uh, furthering our friendship with Dane. Hi, Dane. Thanks for joining Hello. us today. What's up, buddy? I'm not much. I just spilled a drink on myself. Yay! But, you know, very whatever. Cool. It's fine. It wasn't very much. It's just a little bit. It's well, perfectly timed with the start of this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what what we said? So we did a we did an episode two episodes ago. We were like, let's let's plot out um this whole season and one of the one of the ideas was just like you know what we haven't done and we've talked about doing multiple times is for once have dane on the show where there's not like a codex to litigate or like uh, rules faq stuff to like mess with can we just talk to our friend dane for once just for the heck of it so and that's what we're doing right now is is that episode just the the sense of we prepared very little i have kind of some questions but i think we're gonna just hang out and chat with with our buddy dane yeah i'll do my best to make you regret that (laughs) perfect i'm excited um, I, I do want to lead with, and I feel like, I mean, some of this stuff, it's like, who knows, maybe it's been covered before. You did uh, an extensive, uh, fireside chat with Root, um, a lot, a long time ago, turns out over, oh my gosh. over 120 episodes or 110 episodes ago was that, that this constant. Was that happens. really that long ago? Yes. Yeah, this happens all the time that. with the show where you're like, wait, nah, that was three years ago. That's I crazy. hate that how the show like records every week as it goes by. <laughs> Like, I don't need that right. kind of time capsule. I yeah. want to think that something that happened three years ago happened like six months ago, but yeah. the show literally makes that impossible yeah. to do. Uh, you guys actually chatted like on the release of Prophecy of Kings. So basically, we haven't had just like a check-in. I mean, we've had check-ins with you since Prophecy of Kings release, but not, not like this. So what I wanted to start with is not twilight imperium and just to talk more about and get to know you a little bit better dane um where what's where where did you when did you start with fantasy flight when when did your career in twilight imperium related business uh begin yeah um all right so i started with fantasy flight oh gosh i wish i knew the the actual date so this wasn't a guess um It was, I think, February seven years ago. Wow, seven years ago. Well, and I was that so. was that interning with them? And whatnot? no, that was wow. that was actually 
actually for realsy realsies. Wow. So, okay, it might be February six years ago, but six I'm gonna say ago. I think it's I think it's seven. Yeah. I think it's seven. That's what 2020 did to everybody. Is years are about two more ago than you think they yeah. were. Um, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, you recently just got your, if people don't know this, Fantasy Flight does this thing where when someone has worked at the company for five years, you get like a custom piece of artwork or whatever. And yours was like, literally, we were, we were talking beforehand and I didn't realize it had just come out like a month ago. You just got your, your piece. Uh, yeah. It's awesome, by the way. I'll link it in the show notes. Let me, let it me is, copy it because it is it's very crazy cool. cool. And it ended up kind of late. I, I lollygagged on. My, my part of that on your a little request bit. for what you my, it to yeah be. so so it kind of it kind of snowballed into <laughs> like it didn't start until like like the end of like year six and then just kind of like you know uh what what did you do before fantasy flight so, where, where you did you design yeah. somewhere else or was this your first game design job no i i was actually an intern several years before that so so i moved to minnesota nine years ago in august for uh for the internship Whoa. and that lasted you know half a year and mm-hmm. then or maybe less i i actually don't even remember how long that was for um and then i did freelance writing for eldritch horror right in that in that couple year period before i got hired um but but my no my job was uh Gosh, from the end of high school, on and off between school and then post yeah. post school, I worked at Starbucks. I was a <laughs> I was a drink slinger. <laughs> I was working working that uh, that that cafe bar. That's awesome. Um, for ten, the, ten years, I think. So you wrote for Eldritch Horror, and then you would later go on to design like one of the expansions or whatever. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So I I it started. While I was an intern, I just helped test. I think it was the very first expansion, and then, like, like I, there wasn't even like a copy of the base game at that point, like oh. that, like a real copy of it. Yeah. Um. And then, so from from that big first big expansion, I think it was Mount Mountains of Madness. Then, I I became like a a tester, and I think I did like one piece of maybe uncredited flavor in Mountains mm. of Madness, and then did a f- officially credited flavor all the way through skipping one expansion. Um, and then, yes, eventually I had development credits on Masks and Dreamlands, I believe. Okay. Two, two, two products, uh, Masks of Nyarlathotep Nero- and um, Dreamlands. Did, did you... Uh... Were you already like pretty well acquainted with the like Arkham Eldritch universe stuff, or did you have to like learn it to start writing for it, or was that like something you kind of already knew about, and so you got to sort of like tap into it right away? Yeah, so Eldritch, uh, not Eldritch, Arkham Second Edition uh, was my uh, effectively my introduction to board games, mm. um, and and how I discovered FFG in the first place. Um, it was, gosh, I saw I saw somebody had written an advertisement for it, or not an advertisement for it, but just a review of it on a web comic that I read daily. Oh wow! And I thought it sounded hilarious and insane, so <laughs> so I so I picked it up. Um, that, that is eventually how I ended up finding Ti as well. Was just browsing around on the 
FFG website, you know, yeah. some odd 15 years it ago, It feels like a dare. That's, that's how everyone is introduced to TI, is they're dared to play it, and then you, and then I, you it was, No, it, was, it wasn't even that. Like, <laughs> there, like I, 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 uh, for TI at least, it was just like, Arkham was big and crazy, and I was like, oh, this game looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, why... Why is it so big? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get it, yeah, and see see what happens. Yeah. Uh. So, w- what other um kind of games do you uh, other board games or whatever? And I think we've kind of asked you this before, but I'm also thinking, what other sort of like video games or just in general other gaming do you spend most of your time with? All right, let me turn and face my wall here so I can actually answer that with some <laughs> some level of accuracy. Um, so my the big the big three that I actually play or have played like a decent amount of Aeon's End, love love that mm. game. Nemesis, love yeah. that as well. Yeah. And and um, Arkham LCG, right? Um, have played an awful lot of all three of those um really like uh, quacks of quecklenburg um new angeles for some other notable mentions that i I don't get to play that often um at least for for board games though honestly i think i i play quite a bit more video games than i do board games these days though that 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 definitely used to be the the opposite and i used to play a lot of D &D as well and now now that 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 is almost completely kind of gone, gone out of my life. life. Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't know you played D and since third grade. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah that, that that I think that that may actually be. Yeah, that's like my first hobby gaming experience. Wow! Some our my friend's dad got DM'd all, uh, got all the neighborhood kids us. around. <laughs> Literally, that's like awesome. that is exactly exactly what happened. Like. He had us all over for a sleepover, and he's like, "Yeah, my dad's gonna play D and remember, I remember somebody trying to explain to me what a bard was, and <laughs> explaining it very poorly as well. Like, um, yeah, having having to roll roll good stats to be able to be a paladin. Uh, good, good good time. Second edition. Second edition. Wow. I I I. So I always wish I had more time in my life for role-playing games in general and then i sit down to play a role-playing game and i am filled with nothing but anxiety to like be good at improv or something and <laughs> i need i need like a good session to just break that in me or something you, you really do it's yeah. so it's so the 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 anxiety is so not necessary but that said like that game is so reliant on who you play with mm-hmm. and and like it really can go either way right like right so uh, yeah, you, I agree. You need a session to break you. Of your <laughs> I anxiety. have um, I have the Avatar: The Last Airbender RPG shipping to me now. The Kickstarter was like two or three years ago, and it's finally on its way uh, to it's, me. So I might, I might finally I, I love revitalize Avatar. my Avatar love and read that whole rule book. <laughs> don't don't tell anybody because this will make a lot of people hate me. But I. I actually like Korra better than I. The I think I like uh, Korra on the whole more than Avatar. Although season two of Avatar has the is like the peak of yeah. all of it. But like I think season one and three of Avatar are like just fine, 
and I think sort of the the cruft of Korra is better. Yeah, I think season I, one is the most interesting thing they did in the whole run of it. I think for me, like even though there are lots of things I like, I, don't get me wrong, I love Avatar, mm-hmm. like the original as well. But like the longer episode format, the mm-hmm. lack the lack of like neatly packaged. Right. each episode morals or whatever yeah it, yeah it's very it's less kid showy it's less it's, like, it's less kid showy yeah. yeah and and that that improved it for me a lot plus yeah. the animation in Korra is just really good yeah really good hunter yeah. watched avatar for the first time like last year or so something like yeah, that. yeah i did watch it i i like it i think it's i think it's pretty neat um <laughs> it's i i will say even at this point though like i watched it and liked it and i I think maybe I don't quite understand the ongoing love for the series. Like Mm. the fact that we're talking about it in 2023 and the fact that people are even like, you know, there's new projects on the horizon. I guess I don't get what is the strong appeal of the universe itself. Yeah. But Uh, as like a show to watch, I definitely liked it a lot. It's so hilariously, this episode will come out the week. Uh, here's a plug, fun plug here in the middle of our interview with Dane. Uh, friend of the show ej sanders and i are launching a new podcast that the two of us are doing it's called just dads reading books what's better than this uh and in it we just read kids books and young adult fiction that we uh want to judge our children for reading and one of the first books we do in one of the first couple episodes is one of the avatar novel novelizations it's not like a novelization of the show it's like a writer took the universe and wrote like a new story in it And those books are amazing. Like literally we categorized it as like game of Thrones for kids. Like the world building is on that level of like, they are the the symbolism, you know how like a game of Thrones house is like, you know, it always kind of relates back to the symbology of things. You know, the wolves and the lions, it all is relevant. Mm -hmm. That is what this writer does with like fire and air and water. And it's like very, very cool how they put that into the the language and the world building and so that's my that's my hook into it is it's like it's genuinely very good world building that i get kind of obsessed with it's got a big map you know if if you if yeah. your show has a map and i can look at the map while i watch you the like show, maps. i'm in there You're it is kind of a map guy yeah <laughs> you could just collect the maps well yeah d- everybody be sure to check out just dad's reading books featuring a theme song by uh, yeah. teddy yeah teddy's jam the- for you the winner of tournament three did our theme song thanks russian baths anyway it and it, it sounds really good <laughs> i really like it a lot yeah uh you, you guys were talking about that forever ago yeah i didn't realize that was actually happening yeah that's that's great we've been trying EJ, to do EJ's it ej's a good lad ej is a good lad and we've been trying to do this for a very long time and uh yeah. it's finally launching so hey yeah thanks cool all right moving on from that that was a funny <laughs> little tangent um dane i know your other main hobby i'm here's what i want to get to the bottom of Uh-oh. we everyone knows that you play a lot of uh, final fantasy 14 like a lot I of it do, i do what is the scale like actually how much is a lot can you define that for me um probably both less and more than you think <laughs> uh, i have played in ungodly amount of that game okay um but it's not because i feel like i need to like sit down and like grind stuff out to Mm. stay caught up or anything like that a lot of times my weekly playtime will actually be like you know like really low Mm. like i'll play a couple hours over a week just to 
you know, do a couple things, stay, stay good. Um, uh-huh. During, during like the raid season, I guess, like when we're on, when my group is on uh-huh. my, and it's, and it's the same group I've had for, um, this is a 10th, 10th year, actually. Holy this is year, year 10. Oh my yep. gosh. Um, I didn't even realize 14 has been out that I, I didn't the, like have it in my head. Like how long? The, yeah. There, we've had roster changes. So really sure. if we're talking about like day one of that group, that's only me and one other person, mm. but like, um, you know, we've, we've grown over time, but in terms of when raid season is on my just raiding time is three hours, three nights a week. Whoa. So that's okay. And, and that's, that's not like, that's not crazy. That's not crazy. That's not, that's not crazy. Um, yeah. you know, there are people that do a lot more than way, that. Way, way, way um, more. Yeah. <laughs> a scary and, amount. more. That's a healthy amount of a hobby, right? Yeah. That's a healthy and hobby. <laughs> there's like, there's also like a lot of like playtime involved in like prepping for that or just like working through the story or whatever. Um, I am yeah. actually, we're actually kicking off like a new, like challenge raid season where it's not really like a, a standard one. It's like, a, Oh, this is like a purposefully masochistic encounter <laughs> with no real reward. Um, and it's just one like 23 minute um, boss fight. And that's kicking off in January or in on like in two weeks, I think wow. almost exactly two weeks. And we're adding an extra day for that. And the, my group is slightly different. So that'll be four nights a week, wow. three hours it's a five digit number. Like let's, oh let's just leave it at that. It's, 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 it's a, it's a lot of hours. It's, it's, it's did, a lot of did, hours. Have you always been an MMO player? Like, did you play like wow or something like EverQuest or whatever before? I played, I played EverQuest. Yeah. Mm. Um, I played, I played EverQuest when I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Um, a what friend era got it. of EverQuest did you play? Uh, o- OG pre yeah. Lucelin. So it was like, uh Kunark had just came out and um I played it up through I think it was like Lost Dungeons and then like randomly a little bit later. But um you know that that was like like I said that was like the end of elementary school Mm -hmm. plus like the beginning of middle school. So it was like I was playing, but like I had no idea what what was going on. Sure. Um, my my real foray into MMOs was then FF eleven. So oh. I've, I've always been a Final Fantasy boy. Interesting. Yeah. So is yeah. is Final Fantasy eleven? Um, that was the one that was sort of canonically people didn't like as much. Is that true? Is that a, is that a description of that game? Or people, people like, like it? I, don't it just didn't yeah. like, I mean, it was just in the era of WoW where nothing else really could stand to catch fire in the it, same. It was a it was a very different game. Yeah, the content the it was a. I mean, WoW is like much faster paced. FF eleven is like very slow and tactical and yeah. like it is a is a game where it's like if you showed up with like the wrong stuff or without a knowledge of what you were doing, you would just be dead and yeah. Sub 60 seconds and waste a bunch of people's time. <laughs> and then like, you get like yelled at and ostracized. Like wow. think of it, all the toxicity of like what wow is known for, but like ratcheted up oh, to no. 11. <laughs> <laughs> is that how EverQuest was too? I mean, EverQuest always sounds very, I don't know. EverQuest sounds more <laughs> empty than what you, I, I don't really to. know that. I don't really know the, the, the case for, um, 
like current EverQuest, but like that was in the the when I was playing was like the era of people don't actually know what's going on in MMOs or like how anything works. So it was like I mean, really the game is very simple. Like the the combat encounters were more just like is everybody's health topped off and yeah. <laughs> and like do you run out of mana? Like people have like random levels and classes and you know, people are like not wearing pe- pieces of gear like it's it's just it was a different time it was I don't chaos know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every, everyone was just trying to figure out what this game even was all the time <laughs> and that was i i like i liked that vibe of it um i think that's what actually people when they talk about everquest in kind of a a legacy light that's like the thing they miss about it what i feel like they don't understand about that is that no game can give you that again because you already know how mmos work (laughs) yeah what the genre is it definitely wasn't anything special about everquest even though i think about it fondly every now and then like it was just that yeah it sounds like what things like um like Daisy and Rust had for a while, right? Those were sort of recapturing that. Just like I don't know, someone made this thing, and we're all and like Minecraft. Even it's just like I don't know, we made this, and people are just sort of checking it out, and then later yeah. it would sort of crystallize into like actually more games or whatever. Yeah, and and so uh, none none of that, of course, has ever been able to recapture me with an MMO. Mm. So with the ones that the ones that I do like, I like for like other very specific reasons. Like yeah. I love the Final Fantasy raid encounters. Like they're so crazy and just like these, you know, twelve minute choreographed dance puzzles. <laughs> and and the you know no other game gives me that level of like t- you know team play. Mm. Um, type content yeah um, that's cool if, yeah that, if that... fantasy flight somehow got a hold of the the <laughs> final fantasy boy that would be confusing final fantasy final flight. Fantasy, fantasy flight, fantasy flight. <laughs> would you would you like jump all over the like uh you know would i you would be not first in line i would not to try... rest i would not let anybody <laughs> i would not give anyone peace until <laughs> They just let me do my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, what's your favorite kind of stuff to like work on? I guess I, I think I mean that like mechanically. Like when when you're doing games, you know, you've talked about writing for stuff. You've talked about, um, you know, we know what you've done for like TI. What's your actual favorite kind sure. of stuff to get like lost in? It's definitely not writing. That's for sure. <laughs> I uh, I love. I mean, I love writing in in an idea as Mm. an idea um and certainly board game working on board games is more like the writing that i like to do Mm. i was a creative writing major in college and that is what made me realize (laughs) a i should have been a poli sci major and b (laughs) um i don't like writing the boring parts yeah so like writing writing uh or like the connective tissue let's yes, say that not right. the boring parts so so writing flavor text is actually good for me um but that's funny i'm like the yeah. opposite i i was a creative writing minor which means nothing right a minor is literally i took four extra classes or I, something I, I mean to be fair does creative writing major mean yeah. anything either? <laughs> <There you laughs> <go>. <laughs> uh but i'm like the exact opposite where it's like i'm i fail to write like dialogue or anything and all i can do is like outline a story and that's about it <laughs> i i can relate to that um 
my favorite thing to work on, I think, honestly, is just content development. Mm. I like system design is super stressful for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've, 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 like it. It's like almost, almost debilitatingly so. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I find it really enjoyable to look at a, at a system, especially one that I. I didn't make mm-hmm. and be like, I don't like this part. I'm going to change it to be more like how I want it. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't like this part. I'm going to change it to be more like I want it. And then to, which is like a tinkering, right? Mm-hmm. So tinkering, I really like. And then, like I said, content development. So like the parameters are al- already established. Now I just want to play with big guns in my playground. Right. 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 Like what? Well, maybe that's a, yeah, bad <laughs> guns in the playground. <laughs> pretty odd. Yeah, 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 pretty odd visualization. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say for the record, we could have sailed right past that. It would be fine. We did double back to emphasize the wording was interesting. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I, I coming up with goofy and or crazy things that push the push the system to the point of breaking you know mm-hmm. just the, the or or if straight up breaks it in right. some cases but you like but when yeah, a system so- is sort of established that then you can tinker within and make just components that yeah because it, it's it. it's almost like solving a solving a puzzle where you're you know trying to make what you want fit into the parameters of this thing mm-hmm. and system design is a puzzle too but it's like such a different type of puzzle and all the pieces are the wrong shape and <laughs> made of different materials and it's all terrible yeah. everything's terrible <laughs> and you can't tinker while you're doing like you have to get right. the foundation down like yeah you oh yeah as you're building the system you can't be like but i just had a thought about this wood piece it's like listen we're not even at that yeah, part yet right yeah and and that's the part that i really like and and i consistently when working like i'll have like coworkers be like we can't do that yet i'm just like but i want to no (laughs) it'd be so cool if and 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 it's so hard for me when especially when prototyping like original pieces and stuff Mm -hmm. just to like throw garbage on the page as placeholder Mm -hmm. because what i really want to do is put something down and then change it and then change it and then change it and change it so with all that tinkering, uh, so you are the you are kind of the, um, is it right to say you're like the head of story for Twilight Imperium? Is that I don't know the titles, I don't know how it actually gets structured in FFG, but you're you're sort of calling the the final shots. If like like for t- Twilight Inscription or something, do you have a part in like flavor text that gets added to that game or whatever? Um. So I did write flavor text for that, but yeah. it wasn't because I was story group lead or anything okay. like that. It was just because um, I, I could, yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, so I am story group lead for TI. Uh, that doesn't mean that I am the final shot caller. However, okay. there is there is like steps above me. It just kind of means that sometimes I coordinate stuff and the, like I'm the like go to like mm-hmm. resource i guess for stuff like that okay um so when you're tinkering with mechanics i, I what i've always wondered and i feel like something we've never really asked or talked about is um how for you the like theme plays into that because you you it, you know it always does seem like you try to think of like a crazy mechanic 
And then is it like you have to then try to make kind of the lore justify it? Or do you sort of have like a an inner working of how a lot of the TI universe sort of like the core conceits or whatever and your ideas generally mm-hmm. come from that place like do you think it I, I wonder how automatic it is or are you like always having to just <laughs> scramble to justify your insane and idea so almost always at least for ti the idea of the mechanic has come from a thematic point okay. rather than a mechanical point yeah um and then as a step further from that i mean yes i have kind of an internal idea of the how TI works as a setting, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, the parameters are set pretty light. Right. So for example, just use Creus as an example. Yeah. Creus is, is an established faction. You know, we know what Creus does, right? But I have, I haven't put down like the borders of that, if that makes sense. Right. So like, you know, I, I don't know the extent of what Kreis can do, and that keeps expanding because we try not to touch on it because, right? You know, we don't want to limit, you know, future ideas. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. that makes um, sense. You're not intentionally and, and, and limiting we, yourself. Yeah, we them. we do intentionally limit ourselves in some places, right. but generally, if we don't have to, yeah, um, I I try not to. Yeah. Um. Here was a, I had a dumb question written down that I feel like is related because we're talking about Ghost of Creus. I um, love dumb questions. Yeah. Uh, so thinking of broader, just sci-fi worlds and everything <clears throat> and, and fiction, we know you like sci-fi. We know you like Mass Effect. We know you like all sorts of things. Uh, I do. Barring the Ghosts of Creus. So you cannot use Ghost of Creus as your answer. How about what? you can't use any Twilight Imperium? Sure. Yeah. No, no TI yeah. thing. Although I, 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 yeah, I, I assume that wouldn't be as direction what is the single greatest sci-fi alien race turians whoa i love turians they're so cool pretty cool well okay so first off what is a turian the turians are the like uh kind of first contact martial discipline race from mass effect Mm -hmm. and so why why does that why does that uh come to you as the you that was like an immediate answer you were like ready i love to say i love the, i love the way their voices sound mm-hmm. uh it, that sort of like it's not metallic but it's got like a weird Gravely. like yeah yeah it's got like two layers to it kind of yeah. probably because of the way their mouths are and um i think they have the coolest their ships are like the aesthetic that i would want like mm. on a ship it's like they're like very sleek kind of like angular um just their 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 lore is like pretty cool um and and then like i i guess i just like a lot of the turian characters right. also sure ye old garris vicarian yeah yeah the canonical best friend of mass effect is, is uh, garris, so. just just the best <laughs> Or uh, the, uh, the canonical boyfriend, depending on how you're playing it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, fun. I I have um more fun and and possibly stupider questions uh, for you, but uh they are all things provided by uh people who unknowingly provided questions to our oh, Dane no. episode. They were just yeah. questions for us, but we're gonna take a quick break and then come back with some uh some bits and some segments and some things. What's OGA? 
uh, Old Gamers Rather Almanac, show. our video oh, is, game. Oh, is show. that when you where you played FF7? Yes. I, yeah. I recently actually replayed one through six, and now Whoa. I'm about partway through seven. Wow! Wow, that I rules. Just, yeah, I decided I would hundred p it. Like, all, how did all, you? Um, what what versions did you play? Like, did you play so the pixel remasters? I played all the pixel remasters. That was the impetus for yeah. for this. So I I, I did a hundred percent achievement on all of those. What? And I'm, oh my god! <laughs> I'm so jealous. And now and now I'm working on seven. Um, wow. which, and I'm playing just like the, the PC release of the seven. Team. Yeah. 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 But like, um, the remake mod fear fairly heavily modded, but yeah. just, just visuals. No, right. yeah. no, no gameplay changes. No translation oh, like, changes. Do, yeah. I was about to say, do you like the standard translation or you try, do you try to fix that? No, nope. I, 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 the, the original translation wow. from the original English translation. Old. That's how I feel too. I'm not like I I Can't see its it. problems and its issues. Yeah. But I don't. I I don't know. Like the script was the way the script was when yeah. I played yep. it as a kid. Like. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't even like the visual mods that like change the look of the game. If yeah. that makes yeah. sense. No. Like the font. Like I wouldn't change like, the font either. But I do. I if I'm replaying it, which I just replayed the beginning like i replayed uh what do you call it midgar um and i did do the translation and i was liking it uh, a lot more actually for for my own kind of sure. I, I didn't grow up with it you know that all that stuff. Yeah. we're in the episode again by the way uh i just oh. we just came right at the oh this did is, we this is fun final this is fun final fantasy conversation so it's just yeah anyway. i was i was asking about that that yeah. uh yeah um Oops. so you, are you doing all of the achievements for that as well what is yep I'm so looking at I, the list I, I, of I work right through now. one to six. I'm I'm gonna do the do all of them for seven. Wow. Um, my plan is that basically I wanted to go through. So I did one through six. I wanted to do seven, and then I also wanted to knock out that the re-release of like Crisis Core or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, and I, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted and I wanted to do this all in time to play the remake of seven, mm -hmm. which I haven't done integrate for yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You and gotta then do that. I, I want to time it so that I finish that right before part two comes out. Well, so you got like, yeah, it's a, hey, it's okay. You've got four and a half years for that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's later <laughs> yeah, this year. No, I They're know. Yeah, Dane, you you I'm, really I'm trying. I'm trying to. T I'm trying to time it. <laughs> I'm just going to continue bet. right on to eight, which is like the greatest. And <laughs> what? Nine. Hey! You think? You think <laughs> yeah. that too? Eight, eight oh. is incredible. Okay, oh hold my God, on. You got to give it. me your top three. What's your What's your top three? And I no MMOs. So so no leave, MMOs. Leave, leave fourteen and eleven out. I I just want to hear your single player top three uh final fantasy games do i, I, need do I have to do I, uh, I already know the answer do i have to pick an order uh yeah i don't care i don't care about order i just want to hear what your top three is eight nine twelve dang that's good taste that's good <laughs> taste right there that's eight, real eight, good taste eight, eight nine twelve and then okay. like six and seven are probably real close yeah four and five dane we have a video game podcast the next yeah. when we do a Final Fantasy game, will you be our guest on that? A hundred percent. Yes. Heck yeah. I was. Yeah. I I had started Final Fantasy Nine for the first time ever, like a like a year and a half ago, and then we kind of decided not to do that. But next on my list is I would actually just like to do remake. Maybe it'll all time out where you can just come on a Final Fantasy Seven remake episode with us. Yeah, that would be. Tight. Oh, that, that would be fun. I I love nine. I my I, I was really liking a, nine, and I would like uh, to play it. Uh, very it's badly. so goofy. 
And yeah, the yeah. one of the one of the times I played it was in high school with a friend, and we read the voice lines out loud and voiced the different characters. I love that. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's like, basically was... what I. Yeah, that's just kind of how I operate in any text-based thing at all. Is I'm always reading it in my head to myself, and FF9 is a very good uh, example yeah. of that. That it, game it... is legitimately funny. Yeah, like yeah, like, oh yeah, more like uh, there are like funny-ish things, but it's more like slapstick humor that happens in other FF games. Whereas FF9 is like, it is slapstick all the time, yeah, yeah. but it has like genuinely good comedic timing and like like coincidences. You Vivi know, like, is a mm-hmm. genuinely funny comedic character uh, while oh yeah, also there's... being all the other things that but that they are, but they're like also like a great comedy character, I think. The weird little like side scenes they do, I can't remember what they're called. It's just like uh, I love it. It's so good. It's so charming too. <laughs> yeah, and it, it has aged so much better than the other mm-hmm. old games, mm-hmm. just because of its style. I think it's because it. I mean, and and they're doing this really consciously. But the fact that it's more of um, a kind of looking backwards, like yeah. result of all of this experience, and sort of a way for all these people to almost like Hironobu Sakaguchi is sort of saying like goodbye to yeah. the franchise with this game. Uh, I think that's what makes it so special um, too, in a way that like the rest of Squaresoft at that point is moving forward and going into like a different tone and a different style of like character design. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's why nine is, it's going to be the best I think for a long time. That one. Yeah. I I don't know about best, but it is in my top three. (laughs) I think, I, I think what I would say about nine is that it's, it's not necessarily, it's, it's a common favorite, even though it's not considered the most important one, mm. which I think in a way just signals that it's not even, it's not my number one. My number one is, is eight for sure. But it, I feel like it's the one that belongs in everybody's top three. Um, so yeah, for sure. For sure. That's so funny. Love it. Um, okay. We're contractually obligated to talk about at least a little bit more twilight Imperium in this episode. Yeah, we should do that. Let's and try that. How convenient. <laughs> I have some segments here for us that I still don't necessarily have theme songs for, uh, what what would the homebrew review uh, theme song sound like? And also, is it R E V I E W or is it R E V U E? Like review. Why do you the ask, review? Why do you ask questions like that? <laughs> like why do you ask questions you already know the answer to? Like who would hear that question and be like, oh no, definitely spell it, uh, you know, correctly the normal the normal boring way. Do I have to evaluate other other people's stuff? Is you that do. what's happening? I, yeah. No, okay. don't make me do no, no, that. No. <laughs> Dane, Dane, it's okay because I, I knew you would fear that, but we, I'm giving you a softball. It's not um, strictly like a homebrew component. It's more kind of a fielded question. Uh, okay. so, so this week's homebrew review was given to us by Kaluin. Thank you, Kaluin. Uh, oh. and, and they just Hi, said Kaluin. this. They, they didn't even mean this as like a submission, but the, they just said this. So just so you all know, if you just t- are talking in the Homebrewers Guild channel, that might, might turn it. into a homebrew review segment, as, yeah. as this is the case. Um, I'm toying with the idea of passive effects being added to strategy cards. Like, while this card remains readied, gain this effect. Hunter and I were talking about this before uh, we hopped on with you two, and I was thinking there's actually ample space on the back of a strategy card 
to put some sort of passive ability like after you've used the ability you now like have some sort of yeah. ability going forward in the round so there I, that that just kicks off the discussion I, dane where does that where do you where does your head immediately go with that i kind immediately of love that yeah yeah um, Me too. i i yeah i i i think i like the way that you put it better than while readied yeah uh, like definitely utilizing the backspace is an awesome idea Either that or just having it be passive on both sides. Sure. Yeah. Just I mean, I can see, I can see the when ready thing as well. But yeah, no, the that's that is great under unutilized space. <laughs> that's, that's what TI is mostly about. Uh, is we've had a million components, and how do we put text on every single inch of all of it so that right. there's content <laughs> everywhere? Yep. Just, just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, the risk with TI is it's always just like, is this another, just another thing to think about? Right, sure. <laughs> and, and and strategy cards are so integral that it's not yeah. like that'd be something you could avoid. Right, right, um, right. What would yeah, you put, no. what would you put on uh, one of those cards? I'm trying to pull up sort of, uh, Kaluan had some of their own sort of just examples. Uh, warfare could be like, when these are way too powerful, by the way, I'll just say, hey, Kaluan, I'm going to get ahead of it and say, I think you went nuts. Uh, warfare could be like when directed to place a token on the board from your reinforcements, you may choose to not do so. Construction could maybe be your structures may not be destroyed. If you lose control of a planet containing your structure, you may move it to another planet you control. So Kaluan's idea is almost like what if strategy cards were like relics that while you <laughs> before you've activated them, they're insane or something. Uh, sure. But yeah, I, I wonder where your head goes with any potential. Let's lean into the the after you've used it because we're using that uh, yeah. real estate. So what's an ability that we could in inject onto some strategy cards after you've used it? Before we talk I, about actual abilities, I just want to say what I like about that. Just I feel like we're, I don't want to skip over this because yeah. I feel like some people might be like confused as to why this is the desirable way to do it as compared to how Kaluan put it yeah. is that there is no part of the game that encourages you to not stall right like the the we actually no have lots cost. of reasons to stall generally yeah speaking. you have lots of reasons to stall and it would be pretty cool if there was one element of the game that was sort of saying like yeah, but if you play your strategy card faster, right. then you get this benefit. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think there is definitely a place for that in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let, now we can talk about the actual strategy cards. Yeah. So my my initial thought is just simple simple effects, not 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 triggered effects like the ones yeah. that you were right. just mm -hmm. talking, but like I mean, just very simple, like uh, like plus one to combat. Like once sure. you flipped something, yeah. To take the inspiration from the old warfare uh, red alert yeah. token, right? Yeah, just like exactly. you have plus one combat everywhere. That's pretty my, cool. My my initial thought was, oh, just plus one movement, and then I actually thought about that for <laughs> a second, and I was like, my god, <laughs> can that's you so, imagine? That's so terrifying. Or or but it could be it could be just any number of things like um, extra. Oh gosh, you know something like. It's hard because I'm thinking of things that I've like made ended up making leaders for, right? Right. Like sure. to do like one shot. So it's hard to like not step on a leader yeah. or make yeah. a leader pointless. But just just as far as just saying what came to mind immediately was stuff like spending uh, commodities as trade goods while yeah. while trade is flipped oh, yeah, trade. or That's pretty cool. or you know ships being able like to like in the science of space. 
just oh, sure. active or some of them are really hard to come up like like politics being, is a tricky one right of like what being mm-hmm. immune to strategy cards yeah. what's a passive for politics right yeah i mean it could be as simple as just like a big vote bomb honestly yeah because i mean if you know if you know you're gonna be sh- low on voting power well i i i just dig it as a as a potential space for um you know the big thing you leaned into with prophecy of kings was like more faction abilities Mm -hmm. um which i i think has been good um and it has led to a lot of character but now more often when i think of like new component ideas i always think about what are like what are things that can get passed around like we think of like new legendary planets with legendary abilities and stuff like that or like more general use things that you can have for a temporary amount of time so that's why i'm immediately like attracted to that as an idea because it's it's just like i I like the idea that some abilities could end up in certain factions hands and have a different level of power i mean that's kind of what agents sort of leaned into the idea of and like alliances you know you you did a couple leaders where it's like anyone could technically use these and maybe you'll find some goofy combos um but having abilities that are like intrinsically just that of just like this could end up in anybody's hand and who knows what they're capable of if they get a hold of it i think that's kind of the next most interesting space um yeah fourth edition could explore i mentioned two seconds ago like not wanting to step on those leaders toes sure um but maybe maybe in in a world where you're expanding ti further Mm -hmm. you might have to stop caring about that right Mm -hmm. like i think you have to be like well now there's multiple tech factions right and maybe they have similar abilities but they're tweaked slightly differently and one this one really is better than that one's Mm -hmm. version of that ability or whatever and and that just kind of has to be okay yeah i mean because you have that in a couple different areas i mean it's like you've got like three or four action cards that like do an ability that someone you know it's like you can infiltrate or you can just be l1z1x or whatever right um so there's there's examples of that kind of idea already around well fun cool i like it Uh, i look forward to codex 4 then having new strategy cards can't wait Yeah, having a whole new (laughs) set of strategy cards on the back wow You heard it here, folks. <laughs> You're ju- jumping right into making a lot of assumptions. All right. Did you? I, I I don't know if you've listened to our Codex episode that we did recently. We did like a theorizing the next Codex episode, and basically the the tone of it was as if we were handing you yeah. like a piece <laughs> oh, of paper with yeah. demands on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that the episode happened and that that, that yeah. was the contents of it. I did. I wasn't aware that it was presented in that manner. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. Our attitude was. Our attitude has gotten really snippy on this show <laughs> lately i just being just want to be open want to be frank I, i'm i'm glad i could uh i could provide you that that a uh, distant figure to be snippy yeah. at. <laughs> uh let's move on to our next segment which is essentially our mailbag we call it the agenda phase uh where we got some questions on our patreon from our galactic council and again these are questions that were asked of us of hunter and i to just ask but we pulled a few of them we got a lot like i'm right out the gate and a few of them felt really really fun to specifically do with you dane uh while we have you so uh they're they're about more or less like the design ti so seems seems apt uh the first one 
is actually we'll do let's let's start with the one we did last week because while we have you here it would be fun to just get your take on this so hunter and i have already done our take but whisper last week asked if you could change one ti rule what would it be if you could just rewrite a, a rule uh what what would you change can't retreat into nebula <laughs> That's so specific. What a, what a dumb rule. <laughs> that was a dumb rule. What a terrible what a terrible rule. I mean, you've basically unwritten it <laughs> as I much mean, as you can. As much as I can, yeah. yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, what well, just just awful. Yeah. I mean there there are things you're asking what rule I would change, right? Not like yeah. what I would redesign or something like that. Yeah, I mean Hunter and I's answer last week was we would change more or less how production is framed um so that I, was a bit I, of more of an overhaul but yeah like getting rid of produce versus cap in all caps production just making it to where like you can use sarween on sling relay and chaos mapping and stuff like that and then well i i think you're onto something there because that is what if if that was what the question was yeah. that is what i would have said right like that would have been my revision was a revision to the the mess of production right yeah yep yeah, I, I talked a little bit about also just kind of feeling like space stocks are confusing, you know, the plus two to the planet's resource value. I think there's fun stuff that happens yeah. with that, though. So that one's trickier to mess with. But I not, I, not to mention fake capacity. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> the fighter thing is the bigger problem with with space stocks. That's true. The, yeah, the, the whole they're just a mess. Sp space stocks are the real problem. Yeah. 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 Um, OK, our next question comes from Jack. Jack asks. If you could add an alternative win condition to the game, what would it be? That's tough. Because <laughs> my initial, my immediate reaction is what would be fair? Mm -hmm. Because every game that I've played with an alternative win condition where the alternative win condition falls out of the sky has left a really sour taste in people's mouth. Yeah. My, my initial thought was, Oh, that's easy. It's just eliminate all the other players, and then I realized that's not an alternative win condition. That's literally already a win condition. <laughs> yeah, and also imp just impossible. And also anyways. impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would have to be something visible. Yeah. Like it would have to be also done in stages. How um, did you feel about in TI three? Um, in, in third edition, there were a couple of stage two public objectives that were worth three points instead of two points. And then there was specifically one that was just you win the game. And I believe I it did, was. Yeah, I, I believe it like was that. control two different opponents home systems or something. I think that mm -hmm. was the I win the game. Wow. thing. How do you I, feel I about a public? Objective? I, I don't. So I don't like them. Yeah. Or at least I didn't like that the way that worked for the basically the reason I said before is they're not visible mm -hmm. so it just comes up right. and then maybe you're in range of it and you and you do it but you'd have to have already been doing it like yeah. already been planning for it and then not have it show up which requires yeah i mean that's like meta knowledge right it's like you know it's a possibility so you try to set yourself up for right. it which i don't i don't love do, for you for you does it seem like an alternate win condition uh would need to be something that is like in contrast to the standard win conditions or do you see it more as like a branch off from like you're you would be going for this but then you could kind of redirect in this way or is like you know like eliminate all players is like well you could just ignore 
all objectives, and you would almost have to ignore all objectives all game long and put all of your money into plastic to eliminate all of the players. Like, do, do you think an alternate win condition sort of needs to be in contrast? Uh, you know, I just, I just don't know. Maybe if there was an alternate win condition, maybe it would be something almost akin to a scenario. Mm -hmm. So something that all the players are aware of yeah. from the very start, and there could be multiple of them. And you could play the game as normal and ignore it, or you could look at this separate process, you know, this step one, do this, two, three, four, five, win the game, or yeah. something like that. Right. Like a, a sort of staged, you're, you're completing objectives, but your objectives aren't getting you points. They are instead working towards this binary win or loss condition. Hmm. Um, and, and that could be... I could see that being a type of component like that's like a scenario that you just put in a regular game and it's and it's there. Yeah. Um Yeah, I like I, I like that as as very specifically too just for like the actual what kind of design space does TI4 even have left in it, right? Like there's a lot mm -hmm. in this game now and the idea of not just trying to add even more directly on top, but like like the first codex had the Ordinian scenario. It's like more side hustles <laughs> basically for twilight imperium in, in my head it's not quite like the ordinian one because sure. the ordinian one like took over the whole game yeah right, like, right. that, that like, was, was a new game but but really what this would be in my head is like a replacement or an alternate an alternate objective path yeah like where you're choosing to go for a preset set of objectives rather than points yeah Hmm. That's cool. You could almost take some inspiration from like first and second edition where it was like that chart that you had to do every step of mm -hmm. to then eventually find a win. And it's like if if that was sort of a separate you could like do the objectives that just come up or you can go for this much more difficult but completely set in stone. You know exactly mm -hmm. what you have to do. There is a finish line that you know from the start of the game. It's just like way taller order than any right. of the stage one public objectives are or whatever. I, I don't actually dislike those that yeah. TI one and two style of vi a victory thing, and I I can easily see that being like a legitimate mm -hmm. um, like alternate system for TI four. Like it it totally works. Like I'm sure the specifics of it. Yeah, uh, you could argue, you know, day and night how if it was they were good or not. But I think the idea is yeah. solid of having this like you have to do this 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 and then something to to win the game like yeah. maybe maybe like uh stage one do any of any or all of these yeah stage two do any or all of these and then the last stage has to be something um massive something massive. big yeah something big you have to end the game with something climactic right yeah take mechatol hold it for a round attack and take invade another player's home system yeah you know spend 40 trade goods you know something whatever right you know? right i like the idea of more uh, what i feel like pok uh just from like a how the meta has changed is it f to me it feels like there's less definitive like finishing moves it's harder to just like I do this and that and suddenly I won and you did there was no way you even saw it coming. It's more like we all started to see the win coming and did everything we could to stop it and it either worked or it didn't. Um mm -hmm. and it'd be cool to see that sort of idea of a finishing move come back or whatever, you know, the the, the a finish, final act. Finishing move <laughs> does does feel like 
like it deserves a place in TA. Yeah. Yep. It's because it, the game always feels good when it ends that way. Right. Yep. In my right. opinion. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, because it can end without that last moment having like closing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ends with well, I scored have four of one tech. Yep. <laughs> yep. I did it. I I have all it. the blue tech. <laughs> What an accomplishment. You've really done it. You've really proved so, your worth to the galaxy. So does, so does everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the one that gets the, a point out of it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else has done it too, but I get the point. Boy, that would be scary if when you scored a secret objective, everybody else could opt to also score. Like if they qualified for it, they could wow. just choose to also score it. Oh my gosh. That, would be... that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Would, be. it would be. You would, you would never... I feel like... I. You would never there want would just to score be so a secret. many times where I just wouldn't score a secret. Yeah. yeah, you would draw a secret and be like, this one's dead, this yeah. one's dead, like, <laughs> can't score this one, can't score this one. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you only score them near the end when it would... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Only for yeah. the win, basically. You score all your secrets right in the last round, which is basically what already happens anyways. That's, uh, like, the kind of thinking I don't even want to do, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but. right. Uh, next, okay, I've got one more question here for this extended agenda phase, and this one is from Wecker. Thank you, Wecker. Uh, if there was a Twilight Imperium AI, do you think it would play boat floaty or aggressive Euro style? <laughs> the two, the two the styles, two, the two, coins, <laughs> two, two styles. sides of the coin. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm actually not sure if if any of my rants on boat floaty are public or not. Mm. But I, I, I feel like if I were the one in charge of making the AI, <laughs> yeah. it would not be boat floaty. That's yeah. so funny. I, so you I, would make uh, a bad AI is what you're saying. The, the AI would be bad, would be worse yeah, at the board game. No, it would be better at the board game. <laughs> you know, there's, there's this whole, there's this whole discourse about uh, king making. Yeah. And, that sort of thing where uh it's like oh you know you gave away the ninth point and or the tenth point the game is over and everybody's like mad mm -hmm. but then i just like and i for the record completely understand that like and, and agree <laughs> before i insult like, everyone who's ever said yeah, that no it's like, fine that you said it, it, it is <laughs> it, it does feel really bad when somebody yeah. like gives away the last point and you're just like man um, with the exception of if they deserved it, um, <laughs> but what what I feel like people rarely talk about is people giving away the first point, yes. and it makes me so mad yeah, right. to watch it happen every single game. Right. I have I, I I'm just like, are, are you are you serious? You just gave away a point that you didn't have to, yep. and you got back three trade goods in return. Yeah, like I'm sorry, but like. I get that you like, you know, floated each other's boat in some way, but like, <laughs> if any round where, where especially round one where you can keep mm -hmm. other people from being able to score a point is yeah is so preferable to me. But Dane, if I got three trade goods, then that's three trade goods yeah, that I got. It's value money. town. We have to live in value town. <laughs> and so, yeah, the discourse that I've been involved in regarding this is that is that people are telling me that those are two different things. Yeah. The, the last point and the first point are different. Right. And yeah. I, I no, disagree. They're not. They're I disagree. Not. They're the same. They're, they're the, the same, same point. And doing that just 
is fine. I don't get mad. Yeah. But if if that's how it is, like that's the tone that's set for that game. Right. You don't me. get to mad at the. You don't. The, the you don't point is not that either end. is bad. It's that you don't get to choose one and not the other. It, Bo- exactly. Both are valid entries in the world of boat floating. Is like, well, I can yeah. I can finish the float <laughs> and and give you the tenth point if you guys get to trade first points or whatever. Yep. And and the the other thing is that I think that it is very valid to trash on somebody who ruined your game earlier even yeah, if yeah. accidentally so right. end end of the game like if you if if you have the power to shift the victory from player a to player b i don't think that you should however the exception to that is if player a is going to win right and player a was diplomatically really terrible with you right throughout the game if they were the cause of you not having the shot now having a shot like then, they used oh, you by, as a step stool why should they yeah, just be all, like yeah i always exactly. find that so funny when when i think a, a a part of and i don't think very many people think this way but you do see it every once in a while where it's like they start to get mad that they're maybe going to be win made against and it's like but the only reason you are here is because you destroyed my game and you you expect my reaction to that to be like <laughs> well you got me there anyways guess i'll die now goodbye forever like it, it, of, yeah, of course it's, they're not going very, to that's what makes weird. it a political game exactly it's it's a uh, and and the the argument is like well player a played better than player b right. well they didn't play better enough because right, they right. made three three <laughs> you know right mutually assured destruction enemies yeah like over the course of the game by being super cutthroat or going for a planet snipe or you know whatever yeah you know some something like they didn't actually play play the game better diplomacy was poor right their diplomacy was very poor right yeah um yeah, I, I, the, I agree. Completely. It does tend to be those people that get also the most mad, which I think is also funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, very cool. Um, I, that's all the agenda phase questions I had. Um, so uh, I don't know. Any any last sort of remarks? Uh, we, I've got a whole bunch of other stuff I'm going to add to this episode later. Uh, all of the rundown and tournament games of the week and stuff. But we're recording this sort of like ahead of the time. So this is essentially sort of our wrap up. Uh, Dane, thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us and talking about Final Fantasy for a prolonged <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to. You nope. guys asked. Me I did it. We encouraged it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I, I really enjoyed coming on and just chatting. I feel like we I, I, so the, the new theme of this, uh, what we're calling a season of the show is like just segments. And what I would like to open invite you to, Dane, is if at any point you want to come on the show for 10 minutes, that can just be a segment. I don't care. Just call us. We'll chat. Oh, and that'll just be like, I feel like, like y- the, your existence is a canonical segment? entry yeah. of the show. Yes. It gets to just exi- exist. So if you just have a thing you want to talk about, you literally have an open inv- invitation to just be a segment on the show. So I, I love that. But I'm also <laughs> so like not proactive but like it just seems so out of out of the realm of possibility that i will come to you uh-huh, you should sure. just you should just tell me yeah when it's time for a dane segment and okay. i'll be like okay and i'll just like <laughs> show up and talk about something nonsensical which is fine i love it i that- can i can do that i'm all about this segment thing <laughs> cool <laughs> fantastic okay well thank you so much and we'll uh we'll see everybody in the rundown thank you heck yeah
Hey everybody, I have a quick rundown for you because what I lack for you this week is a bunch of tournament recaps. I actually have a bunch ready, but this episode I just kind of want to keep it the Dane interview and next week what I promise you is actually it will your cup will overfloweth with tournament recaps. So, please look forward to a very extended edition of tournament recaps in the next episode. And for now, I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brasford, Kalu, and Daryl, ignoring my PhD, Carnal John, Necrodice Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, M. Lashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, RYs, Ryan, and Spirit Thing, and our teensy sprouts, Patience is a Virtue, Ethan CCC, Baldrick, Tatalzi, Is What It Is, Frank G, Rekka, General Pith, my son is also named Bor, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Vince. We kind of incorporate the homebrew review and the agenda phase into the interview with Dane. So instead, I would just like to ask that you please rate this podcast on wherever you listen to shows. You can hear my cat jumping up onto my desk and getting near the microphone. And you can give my cat a five-star rating and say, hey, great audio. Love your caller. Why didn't Matt cut this out? Because he just likes to t- give up a, any sort of reason he can for you to give him a five-star review. Say thanks, Matt, for telling me about your cat. You can also send us This Imperium Life Stories, which are our Play of the Week segment, uh, at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. And I'm saving those up at the moment for an eventual This Imperium Life episode that can come after tournament season and whatnot. So, that's it. That's the episode. I love you. I'm sorry I don't have tournament recaps. I didn't squeeze them in. I'm sorry. I hope Dane was enough for you. Isn't Dane enough for you? Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.